Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. So we had... uh really important event here in Cheyenne today. Uh, combined solemn assembly with people from all over the state and Colorado. Uh, we don't know all the things that have happened in the heavenlies or that are going to happen. But I, I feel like uh, the Lord has deposited some things in, in some people that maybe they need to share. Um, Sonia, I don't know if you want to share how you got this burden. Uh, if you do or you don't, it, it's okay. Um, we just want to flow with the Spirit tonight. The Lord told me not to have a plan for tonight, so I don't have a plan. So that means we're using His plan. (laughs) Here's the reason I want to share. Because you hear God too. And God speaks to you. And sometimes we think that he only speaks to certain people, and maybe that is at certain times. But again, the reason to share is to encourage you that when you hear God speaking to you, God's speaking to you. The Word of God says that his sheep, they know his voice, and you're his sheep. And I know that there's lots of things that we are Uh, involved in and sucked into and exposed to but the spirit of God is in every one of us and you know his voice and so be encouraged that when you hear God speaking to you you have two choices you obey or you don't there's really not anything in between and so I count actually the gift of obedience as a gift for me because I'm like everybody else there's times when I'm like I really don't want to do that but it gets easier because you love God so much and the way this happened was like a lot of you in this room and who knows if you didn't get the invitation first I don't know I think God is so gracious that he speaks to his people to see who will obey first, and then he waits for confirmation from others, as what happened with with my case. But like a lot of people, I had a troubling in my spirit, and I couldn't shake it off. And so I kept it to myself, because it happened on a road trip. And um, the road trip was a time for me to just be still and listen 
And when you hear God speaking to you, I encourage you to just get still and listen. Because then you start doubting or you start listening to other stuff. And I think what stirred up the invitation from God to me was after a series of things that continued to change before our very eyes, things that are unholy and things that break the Father's heart. And I was getting that deep troubling in my spirit. And then just a couple of days later, we took a road trip. And it just continued. And so I closed my book that I was reading. And I just kind of steeled myself. I said, okay, you've done this before. Have your way. I'll just sit here and listen. And the more I did that, the more I began to get pictures in my head. And the most troubling picture was the enemy of our soul having the audacity that he does, because he doesn't hide his stuff from anyone, is to stand before God and taunt him and say something like, really? What more do I have to do before they'll step up? Before they'll claim to be the people that they say they are? Before they'll use the God-given giftings and callings, they don't care. And that's the part that gripped my heart. And I guess if I were to compare it to anything, I hadn't thought about it before, it would be the way David was so taken aback when he came out and he said, really? These Philistines are doing this? Nobody stands? And you're all well able. You're bigger than me. I can't even wear the armor that the king wants me to wear because it's too big for me. I'm too small. And that armor is physical armor, but it's also symbolic of readiness and obedience. He was ready to listen. He may not have been ready. And I think sometimes we think, well, I'm not ready to do that. If God invites you, you're ready. And he'll give you the anointing to do whatever he's invited you to do. And so what did he do? He rose up with resignation and indignation. And he said, you know what? I'll take your head off. And he did. And so when I got that picture of my head, I, I tell you, I almost got physically sick. Because I said, how dare you stand before such a holy God and taunt your finger at him. But worse than that would be how dare us not to do anything. Once you get that mental picture, you've got to do something with it. So that's when God began to say, who will stand up? That song we just sang, a prayer that was prayed earlier from Ezekiel, who will go, who will stand? I'm not any more stronger or in a position than anyone else. But I heard the Lord invite me, and I said yes. And when I did that, I was at peace. And I said, you know, I'm just going to keep this to myself for a while. I just need to just let it resonate in my spirit. See what God wants this to look like. See what he wants it to be. 
And I didn't share it with anyone. I just continued to talk to God about it. A couple weeks passed. Gina Gibson, who's here, we'd had a conversation about something else. And uh, she said, there's something going on. And I said, well, actually, there is. But I really don't want to share it right now. But would you just agree with me to just pray something out? She said, sure. I already knew it was going to happen. But I wanted someone to come alongside me. And I know I can trust her to pray. And so I shared. And she said, you know, I think I feel the same thing. And someone else said, you know, I think I feel the same thing, just like all of you do. We feel the same thing. We serve the same God. The same things that bother God bother us, and they're supposed to. And so that's how that happened, Pastor. That's when God said, who will stand up? Not in our own authority, although we do have the authority of Christ, but not in our own power, because we know that it's not by power, it's not by might, it's by God's spirit that we do everything. But it was then when I said, like many of you have, I'm sure, Ezekiel, that said, okay, I'll do it. And I didn't do it meekly. I didn't say, oh, man, okay, all right. If you can't find no one else, all right, sure, that's me. I'll go. No, it was such a resolute. I just had this total, total hatred for thinking that the enemy of our soul would, would dare to stand before a holy God and taunt him. Wasn't trying to hurt God's people, but would go before God with this accusation. That, that really bothered me. And God knew that he has people like all of us, but he said, but who will go? Who will do it? We do that, Sonia? And so I said, yes. And that's how that happened. And I'm so glad that he invited me to do that. Mm-hmm. Pastor? It's not hard. It's, it's as simple as that. So did the Lord speak anything to anyone today at, at the event? Regina, is there anything you want to share? I've talked to Pastor Jay a lot about, because I know he's sort of cut out of the same bolt that I am, that um, we're often taken into that closet of travail. Phyllis, I think you're another one. We've talked about that, where we have a hard time um, putting even human words to what's happening in the spiritual realm. Wyoming's been a tough place for me, but God has always said, press in and don't give up. And back in May, I think this is when I saw the stirring with my sister Sonia and we had 
just come out of the signing of the proclamation for National Day of Prayer, and I could just see the restlessness in Sonia, and some of us were feeling that as well, that God was saying there's something bigger coming to the state. We could feel it, and we couldn't, we couldn't put our, our, we couldn't wrap our mind around it. And then Joyce Jacobson, whom some of you know, said to me, it's been like it's been the summer of discontent. Maybe that's what you would have described it as too, but I think it's been the summer of travail. You know, it hasn't been discontent. We've just been wrestling and wrestling and wrestling. So less than a month ago when Sonia called me, and we were probably on the phone an hour and a half, and she just poured out what God had been saying to her, and and I just felt really strongly it was right. And so we met with some other believers, and as she said, we, we shared, and they said yes. And we thought, okay, God's saying yes. You know, and we knew it was something really big. And um, so Sonia called ahead and found out that we could have the amphitheater for today. And we thought, wow, Lord, that is quick. That is quick. But God says, you know what, I'm not on a human timetable. <laughs> you know what? To me, you know, a moment can be like a thousand years, a thousand years just like a moment. So just get into it. And so as we got into this, I remember Joyce saying, how in the world are you guys going to pray for four hours? You're going to get to the end of an hour and have nothing to do, and you're telling people you're coming for four. And we said, just watch what the Spirit of God's going to do, because we knew it. And Cherie, who you might know from YHOP, came to us, and she said, I'm getting this word that I'm getting the word rise up, rise up. And it was resonating with Sonia, and it was resonating with me. Rise up, Wyoming. And it was interesting because as we begin to go into the process of praying, because, you know, it's so funny to think you pray in prayer, but that's exactly what happens. And I remember thinking, God, what are we going to do with four hours in the throne room with your people of Cheyenne? And we knew Casper was going to come. We knew Colorado was going to come. What are we going to do, God? And I remember one night I, I laid down to go to sleep. And the Lord spoke to me in a dream. And he said, this is what you're going to do. And he began to lay it out. And I saw, I saw most of it. And then I woke up a little troubled. And I said to my husband, Stan, I said, God is laying out something. And it has to do with that word rise. I see it. I said, I know what the R is. The R is repent. We have to start with repentance. And then when we're done with that, we need to move into inviting God to come into places in our lives. And then I saw that the S, and I saw the word so clearly, seek. And I saw those seven mountains of culture that we always pray about, you know. And I could see. I could, I, it was like I could watch God writing an agenda. But I got down to the E, and I was struggling. And I said, God, it's like the dream ended too soon. I got R, I got I, I got S. What is the E? And I said to my husband that morning, I said, I don't know what the E is. And as God often does, and tells Stan instead of me, he said, the E is exalt. You need to leave that place exalting God. That's how you end it is in prayer and praise. And so for this last three weeks, we've been praying into that model. We've seen it in the spirit. We began to ask God, God, call forward the people that are supposed to be doing this. 
And, you know, some people said that they could come and then they couldn't come. And, and we, we wrestled with this thing up until a day ago even. We were just wrestling with God. Bring forward the right ones, God. And doors were opening and doors were closing and we had to just keep giving it over and giving it over and giving it over to God. And finally, I think yesterday, Sonia sent out her final email and said, we're there. This is it. This is what God's going to do. We just knew it. God had settled it. It was settled in heaven, so we knew we were going to see it manifest in earth. You see, it was settled. God already had a plan. He just wanted us, all of us that were there, to, to just get in line with what he was already wanting to do. So I am just going to decree that something really powerful happened over the state of Wyoming today. Because I could see it. And what I could see in the spiritual realm today was a picture of what heaven's going to look like. And what amazed me today is that the people that you saw on that platform were Pentecostals and Baptists and I, I'm not even sure where everybody came from. God rose them up, but I was hearing different voices before the throne and yet I was hearing one voice. Did you hear that? I was hearing all these people with, some of them were eyes and some of them were ears. You know, and some of them, whatever, they all were in the body. But as they stood up to pray, the Spirit of God overtook them, and there was one voice before the throne. I looked at my timid little friend from Laramie, who I knew I was supposed to ask. She's not even a real well-spoken girl, but she's an intercessor, and the Lord said, ask her. And she stood up to that microphone, and the power of God fell on that girl. I watched people that I didn't even know real well, but God said, get them there. So I said, I feel called to invite. Sonia felt called to invite. They stepped up to the microphone and the spirit overtook them. And if you were there till the very end, I don't know if you noticed what was happening in the spiritual realm that last hour. The momentum had hit a, a peak, a huge peak at the end. And I was like, whoa, we just have broken through. We have broken through. So I'm just gonna tell you folks, I expect, I just don't think, I expect a greater thing to come. And I'm going to just have something for you guys to pray about. Two months ago, I was in Charleston, South Carolina at the response. I gathered there with 4,000 in a gathering like today. The response staff pulled me into the room, a room, and they said, we want a response in every state. Do you think Governor Meade would call for a response in Wyoming? And I said, let me start praying into this. And I thought, Lord, this response is huge. This is national stuff. And I felt like this week the Lord was telling me that Rise Up Wyoming is preparing the ground to catapult us up to that national ministry now coming. And not only will it be Wyoming, it will be the region and the nation that will come to Wyoming to pray together. So I want you, even in the next couple months, I'm waiting on the Lord for that word, go to the governor now, and I know I'll, I'll hear it when I hear it, and I'll go, and the door will open. But I want you to pray, because I believe that that's the place we're going to catapult to, is that next bigger place. And then I believe out of that, the next bigger place. I just, Dutch Sheet said a week ago, we're being catapulted. That's the word, I, this last week I probably have heard that word three or four times from three or four different ministries. We're being catapulted. And Dutch said a week ago, he said, if you're sitting under any theology that lets God lose, 
you better get out from under that theology. And folks, I believe a third great awakening is coming to the United States of America. And so don't give up. But I charge you, rise up, Wyoming. Amen and amen. Anybody else? If not, that's okay. So the Lord has given me some insight into what he's been up to for the last year. <laughs> um, Arnie, I'm going to let you go ahead. I have just a few verses that I got tonight. Um, the theme of today was rise up. I want to read Isaiah 61 and 2, which we're all familiar with. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. So the Lord's saying, Arise. That's the purpose of today. It's not for a four-hour event, and it's over. We are to arise. We are to let the glory of God and the light of God that has come upon us shine. What did Jesus say? Let your light shine. Let's go there for just a minute to Matthew chapter 5. Verses 14 to 16, I will try not to take very long here, but I just, there's some things that have been stirring. You see, the reason we are in the mess we are in as a country, as a nation, is because we haven't done what I just said. We have allowed ourselves to be intimidated. We have allowed ourselves to be silenced. We have allowed ourselves to be put in the back row. And we can't do that. What does Jesus say? You are the light of the world. You. Jesus also says, I am the light of the world, but because he is in us, we are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Why is there darkness in this world? 
because we have done exactly what Jesus said we should not do. We have put our lamp, our, our light, under a bowl rather than on a lamp. We put it, we've hidden it. We don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to be inconvenienced. You know, and another thing, this is, this is not as pleasant, but it's a reality. In John chapter 3, Jesus said, Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness rather than light. because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Quickly, what I got out of that tonight is this. Men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light. Who's the light? We are. Those who are of the world's spirit, the Antichrist spirit, hate us. Do you sense that in the world today? Do you sense that it's that thing of just shut up, don't talk to me, don't reveal the glory of God because I'm happy with my sin. I'm happy with my rebellion against God. Church, it's time for us to arise and shout and let the glory of our God be revealed through us. If we don't, the darkness could swallow us up and we could be persecuted beyond anything that you can presently believe. We need to fight now. Our rights in this country are being obliterated. Children go to school, and they're told, you can't quote from the Bible for this inspirational saying that you're supposed to have in this paper. It'd be all right to quote from the Koran, but don't quote from the Bible or the Book of Mormon, because we don't want to hear it. But we need to be like that child's father, who was a pastor, who said, no, we're going to fight this. We are going to win this battle. And people, when we stand up, we can win. But if we do not stand, we will lose. If we do not do what is right now, we may not have the freedom without a much greater cost to do what is right later. So I say to you, arise.
shine. Let the glory of God move through you to expose the darkness and to bring God's light into this darkness so that we can turn the world right side up. Amen. Thanks, Ernie. So, a year ago we had our solemn assembly. Actually, about 11 months ago, minus a, a week. And we've, we've been through some being uncomfortable and difficulty. But I, I know that many of us in, in our body uh, were, were launched into a season of repentance that has continued through today. And it's, it's not that we were in easily identifiable sin, but things of the heart, hearts that were not fully devoted to the Lord. And uh, the Lord has some things to say about that in the parable of the sower. It's in Matthew 13, and most of us have heard that parable numerous times because we usually focus on the seed that fell along the path or the the seed that fell among the weeds, or the seed that fell in the rocky soil. And we don't often focus on the seeds that fell in the good soil. But there's, there's a message there. Because Jesus, when he was talking about the seed that fell on the good soil, he said, and, and some produced a harvest a hundredfold, and some produced a harvest sixtyfold, and some produced a harvest that was thirtyfold. And I don't think that Jesus w was saying that those are the only three options. I think what he was saying, and, and he explained this to his disciples later in Matthew 13, when he talked about the hearts of the people who didn't get the parable as being dull. They, they heard, but they did not understood. They, they saw with their eyes, but they did not perceive what was going on. 
And what Jesus is saying is there among people who have relatively good soil and receive the seed of the gospel and allow it to begin to grow and and it remains there there is a varying response of fruitfulness and some of the IHOP worship leaders they have really good songs and I, I think of Misty Edwards uh, a song about wasting your life seeking the Lord and, and worshiping him well here here is the reality is that we are all wasting our life on something At, at the end of our life, there, there will be very little that remains. And, and it's going to go through a judgment. And it's either going to burn and just whew, go up in smoke, or it's going to be gold silver precious stones you see god god is looking at our heart responses right now he's his eyes are going to and fro across the earth looking for those who what? Whose hearts are fully devoted to him. So that he can show himself strong on their behalf. And, and so, people of the vineyard, where, where do we go after a day like this? Well, I... I think we go where many of us have been going for the last year. And and we say, Lord, do do something in in my heart because I know it's it's not completely devoted to you. There, there are other affections. There, there are other things that occupy my thoughts. There are other things that occupy my time, that occupy my hands, that, that occupy my heart. And I, I don't know about you, but 20-fold, I don't want to be 20-fold.
I don't want to be 30-fold. I, I don't even want to be 60-fold. I, I want a heart that, that is different. And, you know, Sonia, I think you mentioned this, or maybe it was Gina over the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I, was, I was grieved by the number of pastors who were at our gathering today. And and some said, Well well who is Sonia? Who who's who's Gina? Who who is Jay? Uh, who who was Joel? And and that's why God picked Joel. Some shepherd from the back 40 that nobody ever heard of. And he comes to Jerusalem with a message. We better repent or serious judgment is coming. And the leadership in Judah revealed their hearts because the judgment came. It means they didn't respond to the unknown prophet that nobody ever heard of in Scripture before or after the book of Joel. Nobody has any idea where this guy came from. And that is the Lord. He, he tests our humility in, in this way. Are, are we going to listen to the word of the Lord when it comes from Daria? Or when it comes from one of the kids <laughs> that's in the kitchen right now? I, I tell you, in the days ahead, we better be able to discern <laughs> whether it's the word of the Lord, not who it's coming from. Yes, but I, I just want to challenge us today. Uh, let's Let's examine what it is we're wasting our life on. Because our our time on this earth is is minutes compared to eternity. Actually seconds. But it's it's nothing compared to eternity. And and it is the, the response of our heart that is, is gonna determine our fruitfulness that is going to determine whether we're 20-fold or 30-fold or 90-fold. 
See, there's another parable about the talents. You know, one one got one, one got two, one got five. And again, those aren't the only options. Jesus is just telling us that there's there's a varying range of giftings that that God gives. And and we're we're always more worried about that than the heart response that we have with what it is that we've been given. And see, this is the interesting thing, is none of us know how many talents we've been given. We, we don't know how many talents others have been given. Because there, there are those who've not been given many talents whose heart response is such that they are making a change in, in the world. And there are others who, whose gifting is, is so great that even with a, a relatively insignificant heart response, they're, they're still able to make a difference. But man, what they could do. And, and we have no control over our gifting, over what God's given us. And, and I think that's what John the Baptist, or uh, what Jesus was saying. I can't remember if it was Jesus or talking about John the Baptist or if it was John the Baptist, but it's an important little message that a man can only receive what he's given from above. And that's our talents. But then what we do with it, how our heart responds to, to the Lord to make that level that we've been given fruitful, that is what we have control over. So my, my challenge is, is that, that we would be a people going after hundredfold hearts. A people not satisfied with doing good, <laughs> but a people who, toward the Lord, we we want to pursue extravagance, because the Lord never requires. Extravagance. But he loves it. Think about Mary of Bethany. Shortly before Jesus' crucifixion, he's, he's with 
the twelve. And she comes with forty or fifty thousand dollars worth of perfume. This was her heritage. It was her security. It was her future. And we, we know what she did. She poured it out on the Son of God. She poured out her life. That's what the world would say. And, and the crazy thing is the disciples, they didn't get it. See, Mary, she had the 200-fold heart. And, and the 12, they, they were stuck back at 30 and 40 and 50. And, and they said, what, what a waste. What, what a waste. <laughs> well, what are you going to do with perfume? But waste it. Right? <laughs> I mean, really, $40,000 worth of perfume. What, what are you going to do with it? You can waste it over a really, really long period of time. Or you could pour it out on the Son of God. Extravagance. We, we don't think much about extravagance toward the Lord. But we need to consider it. Because extravagance toward ourselves, toward our spouse, our kids, our, our family, those aren't, you know, as long as it's not toward ourselves, it's, those aren't bad things. But it's wood, hay, and stubble. Extravagance toward the Lord will be gold, silver, and precious stones. So I, I believe for those of us who participated today, if we're willing, the Lord will launch us into something that can radically change our level of reward in the eternal kingdom. He works by invitation. His invitations are subtle and quiet, generally. 
So uh, let me pray for us. Father in heaven, uh, I'm grateful that you don't require extravagance, but I know you desire it. And I know that your son is worthy of it. He spent the last few days on earth at, at Mary's house. And the first one that he met after the resurrection was the other Mary who had also been extravagant with perfume. I pray, Father, that you would raise up a a people with a heart for your heart, not just a heart for you. I, I pray, Lord, that we would be made willing by you to be extravagant toward you. I, I pray that we would receive your offer to go into a time of examination, uh, a time of the fire of God coming and burning things away that need to be burned. I thank you, Lord, that we've been through a pruning as a body that's going to make us more fruitful because that's how you operate. You promised that in John 15. So may we cooperate with your work. May we seek your work in our own hearts. For your glory. So Lord, deliver us from any lukewarmness. Deliver us from passivity toward you. And deliver us into something new, wholeheartedness. That your Son might be glorified in us. Amen.